Welcome to Explore Europe, a podcast series for American military stationed in and around Germany. Each episode brings you travel tips and local secrets to help you get the most out of your time overseas. This episode is proudly sponsored by Used Car Guys. Pre-owned military car sales all over Germany and new car sales for stateside delivery when you PCS. Good cars from good guys. And now, introducing your hosts, Michelle Peirce and John Sweeney, who've been living in Germany and exploring Europe for over 15 years. So, where should we explore today? Well, there's only one way to find out. It's on with the show. Good morning, explorers. Welcome to another episode of Explore Europe. I'm your host, Michelle Peirce in Mannheim. Good morning. I'm John Sweeney in Ramstein. How are you, John? Wonderful, wonderful. Got a, a good one lined up for you today, Michelle. Oh, tell us where we're going. Okay, well, we're going to East Germany and the beautiful city of Dresden. How exciting. Now, I don't know much about Dresden, so what can you tell me just to start us off? Well, the first thing people are going to know about Dresden is um, it was absolutely and utterly obliterated during the Second World War. So they've got this beautiful, beautiful, beautiful uh, market centre, marketplace, um, centre area of Dresden, and the Brits and the Americans flattened it, annihilated it on the night of the um, 13th of February 1945. So you'd wake up on Valentine's Day 1945 to a city of rubble, and approximately 25,000 people lost their lives in the city as well. And they're still rebuilding to this day. That's the first thing that a lot of people will think about when they think about Dresden. Wow. And if I'm right in thinking, that was just after the armistice was actually signed. So it's quite controversial, that particular aspect of the war, isn't it? It's very controversial. And um, the admiral who's in charge of the bombings that night uh, got interviewed back in 1977 and he still stood by it as a strategic military target. So it was very controversial. And like I say, that they're still building the place to this day after that. So you could only, you couldn't begin to imagine the devastation that caused. But from the rubble, the ruins, has popped up a whole new city. Fantastic. So let's get stuck in. So uh, you've been quite recently, so this is fresh in your mind, right? Yeah, we are there just a few weeks ago. It was a, a birthday treat from Ramona. So um, we ended up going to Dresden. We looked at how to get there the best ways. Uh, we looked at trains. As you know, I like doing the trains. Um, but it was quite expensive on the train, so we ended up driving. So it was about a five-and-a-half-hour drive from Ramstein. Wow. And what are the roads like there? Was it quite an easy drive? On the way up was quite easy. The Sunday coming back, it was the Germany Sunday school, uh, the summer holidays were ending for most parts of Germany. So the roads were a little bit busy, but the sat-nav took us most of the way without any problems. But yeah, it was not too bad. Um, once you got to Dresden, were you able to park your car up easily? And then I'm assuming, as you always do, you just leave the car for the weekend and travel everywhere else in public transport or on foot. Yeah, we did everything on foot for this trip. Um, and we got once we got there, the hotel had parking. We had it booked already. And we were staying literally Banks Max City Centre. We were staying in Neumark, Platz number one. So we were right in the centre of town. How did you find that hotel? Uh, booking.com. I've used that once or twice if anyone's listened before. And Ramona's used it as well. So booking.com found a really nice hotel. Very, very central lovely location walking distance of everything we wanted to see that weekend so it was really good uh, so we booked it we done booking.com but also whilst i was there um i had a look at airbnb as well and there were some wonderful apartments at some great prices in the same sort of area as well 
Wow. And do you get the feeling when you're in Dresden that you are in former East Germany or because it was flattened before the war, so it didn't go through this period of building during the communist era, has it maintained its kind of, I think it's got quite a Baroque style, hasn't it? Yeah, it's very, very interesting, the history of um, Dresden. It actually belonged to Poland for a while. And where they built all these beautiful palaces, and there's, I think, three or four different palaces in and around uh, Dresden. They were built under the Polish rule. Um, so it's really interesting to go around and see those. And then that place was completely flattened. All that area, the central area, was flattened in the war. Uh, but then when you go outside there a little bit, there's a, an area called Neumark, where we went for dinner. We'll get to that in, in a bit. You felt like you're in East Germany. That You've seen the yellow trams coming down the streets. There was graffiti on the wall. It, it reminded you of something from a Berlin or something like that. But it was really cool and everybody was very, very friendly. Fantastic. So l- let's get stuck in. Tell us what you did in Dresden. What was on the agenda for the weekend? Well, um, we, we had an action-packed weekend. Um, so Ramona likes food. I like food. You like food. So coming and being born and bred in England, our favourite food is Indian curry, amazingly enough. <laughs> Um, so we've never been able to find a really good curry house in Germany uh, and in England we like it a little bit spicy the most um, but so what Ramona had found was the number one rated Indian restaurant in the east of Germany called Little India in Neumarkt it was a tiny little hole in the wall type restaurant with about 10 tables you had to book because if you didn't book you weren't getting a seat you were in and out pretty quickly there was nothing fancy about the restaurant other than the food was delicious and out of this world. So we, that was our Friday night. So we'd driven up there Friday morning, got changed, had a little walk around and went straight to that restaurant. And then the Saturday night, we had another restaurant booked, but I'll go on to the main event on Saturday night. We went to the opera. So uh, the Dresden Opera House is amazing. Wow. I've never been to an opera. It was mind-blowing. That's very cultural for you, John. How did she persuade you to do that? <laughs> Ah, you'd be surprised. When I went to Moscow, I did the Bolshoi Ballet, um, and I do like a little bit of culture, so uh, she wanted to try and surprise me with something different, and it was a surprise. And It was really nice to go get dressed up, nice, you know, I had a suit on, Ramona had a dress on. It was really cool. Everybody was going in, drinking champagne, listening to the opera, and, you know, opera's all in Italian, so they had subtitles in English and in German as well, so everybody could understand what was going on. Wow. Now, I know the opera was a gift for you, but do you know if it was an expensive ticket and how far in advance you had to book that? Yeah, opera's not cheap. Uh, You're talking about 120 euros a ticket, maybe a little bit more, maybe a little bit less, depending on where you're going to sit. You do need to book in advance. They do different operas depending on the night, depending on uh, what performances are in town. So you do need to book in advance. And do you remember what you went to see? Uh, For the opera, we went to see The Wedding of Figaro. Wow, that's quite a famous one. Did you know any of the music or only from like ice cream adverts and things like that? No, I got some of it. And uh, Ramona speaks Italian and she found it pretty difficult to understand it all. But she reckons she got about 50 or 60% of it in Italian. So uh, it was interesting for both of us for for different reasons. Fantastic. Um, And just going into the opera, being there, being around the people, having a glass of champagne, seeing everybody dressed up was was breathtaking. Um, And it was a really, really funny event a really funny moment of the night. Ramona's nudging me in the side and saying, John, John, look, look who that is. I didn't know who it was. And then she said, do you remember the George Michael video where he had all the, the models dancing? 
And I went, yeah, I think Freedom. And she went, yeah, there was Freedom and there was another one, um, Too Funky. I went, yeah, I remember it. She said, that's the German model. Nadia Alman was sitting in front of us. Wow, so you were star spotting as well? Star spotting as well. And she's uh, in her late 40s now and looks amazing. So uh, it was, uh, Ramona got a couple of sneaky selfies of her and Nadia in the background. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant. So that was that took care of your Friday night. No, the opera was Saturday night. The Friday okay. night was the Indian. Okay. Um, and we had a walk around the, the town afterwards. Our hotel, like I say, was Banks Max City Centre. So we had a hotel at the bar up on top of the hotel, overlooked the Frauenkircher and places like that. Let's and talk the about the Frauenkircher. Yeah, I was going to uh, come on to that. The Frauenkircher is church in the center of Dresden and our hotel was literally 50 yards away from it so when when we're up at the bar uh, on the Friday and Saturday night we're looking at the dome of the Frauenkircher and what the Frauenkircher is and it, it's a very strategical point and a very proud point for the people of Dresden when it got flattened it was complete obviously completely flattened and when they rebuilt it over the years they didn't finish rebuilding it until 2005. Wow yeah, and it, it's built literally stone for stone the way it was. It's obviously very new and modern inside, but it's built to the way that it was. And a twist, some of them call it a, a twist in the knife, or some actually like what happened. The steel structure at the top of the dome was donated by an English firm, and some of the Dresden residents took offence, thinking, well, they, they flattened it, and now they, they want to put some uh, steel structure into it. And others thought it was a nice, peaceful gesture. So you know, half the residents are, are torn between, between it. But it's a, an amazing place. You've got to queue up to get in there because it is a, a working church, for want of a better word. Um, there was weddings going on when we were there. You're not going to get in. You can't get in during mass times unless you go into mass. And then the church will open. But it's got signs outside in English on a digital display board, um, signs in English saying when, uh, when you can go in, when you can't go in. And can you buy tickets in advance or will you always have to queue for that? You don't need to buy tickets um, unless you're going to go up to the top of the tower. If you just want to go inside the church and have a look around, that's not a problem. Uh, but if you're going to go up to the top of the tower and have a look over all of Dresden, then you need to buy a ticket and I'd advise doing that in advance. And I guess that's quite a few steps to get to the top of that. It was quite a few. And by the time we we got to it, it was Sunday morning, actually, when we the first chance we could get to get inside the place. Um, so we we didn't do that, but there was a big long line of people going to do that. The Frauenkirche is a must see highlight of Dresden on your list. Definitely, definitely. Uh, depending on where you stay, it's one of the must see places of Dresden for sure. And it's if you, if anyone shows you pictures of Dresden or you you look up Dresden, the Frauenkirche is probably the iconic picture, the iconic building of Dresden. Excellent, excellent. Okay, so we've done an Indian curry on Friday night and an opera on Saturday night, the Frauenkirche on Sunday morning. I'm not hearing any hop-on and hop-off buses in here, John. No. What's wrong with you? I know, it's a bit mad. We, it, there is a hop-on, hop-off bus, but we didn't do it because the hop-on, hop-off bus goes around the outside of Dresden. What we wanted to do was do all the city centre because the city centre's got different palaces. Like I say, there's three or four different palaces around there's a lovely walkway by the river. Um, it, the, the place is known as the Florence of the Elba. The river's the Elba, and Florence is one of the most beautiful cities in the world. And they say Dresden is the Florence of the Elba. And I, I was breathtaking by the place, how beautiful it was. And it did remind me of Florence. Um, 
the palaces, when you go to the opera, again, completely flattened in the war, when you go to the opera and you see this beautiful, huge building and, and you go inside and you see all the, the, the gold leaf, the painting, the detail that went into it. And then you just walk out of there, stroll through there. It was a lovely summer's evening. And we went straight into the, this is going to sound weird for some people, but we went straight into the Swinger Royal Palace. And it's Swinger spelt with a Z or Z. So, and the Royal Palace has got beautiful gardens. And uh, that's literally 100 yards from the opera. So you walk out of there, walk through the gardens, and it's, again, stunning. Can you go into the palace as well? Or is it just something you walk around the outside of to be? You can go into all the places. Uh, you've ah. got to get tickets. Uh, they have 10 million tourists per year in Dresden and growing. Wow, who knew? Yeah, I, I didn't know that. <laughs> I really didn't know. Um, so we weren't prepared for getting inside everywhere. We, wanted, we knew where we wanted to go, what we wanted to see. So we went walking. We put our walking shoes on and just walked everywhere. The city centre itself is all cobble streets. It's probably something like a, a Venice where you see the horse-drawn carriages there's those going around there's old antique cars driving around that you can jump on jump in rent um, but walking around is the best way to see the old part of Dresden when you talk about the new parts and where you would grab the hop on off buses it was different areas that we weren't we weren't going to see for this trip so the the main city center the main bit that was bombed in the war that's all been rebuilt uh, is all in, all in walking distance and little known fact is the most money per capita spent on the rebuilding of Germany, as you know, paying German taxes. Some of our taxes go to rebuilding the East, uh, east since the wall came down. The most money has gone to Dresden to build the opera, to build the Frauenkirche and places like that. Wow. But I guess, in your opinion, it was money well spent. Oh, absolutely. It's, it is breathtaking and gorgeous to see. I, I've been thinking about it for a long time, and Ramona obviously knew. That's why she got it for a birthday present. I've been thinking about it for a long time. And it was just, I, I'm smiling thinking about how nice it was. I was just blown away. I wasn't expecting it to be as beautiful as it was. Wow, you get some really good birthday presents. I need to get in on this with Ramona. <laughs> well, just keep talking a lot about places and then uh, maybe David will take the hint one day. <laughs> yeah, I'll need to work harder than that, I'm sure. <laughs> um, as we're talking now, I'm looking at some pictures of Dresden and I've never been. And if you showed me a picture of Dresden, I'm looking at this beautiful bridge that goes over the Elba and looking at some of these stunning buildings, which you said, said to have been rebuilt since they were flattened at the end of the Second World War. And I feel like it could be somewhere in, you know, Eastern Europe. It's just so beautiful. All of these ornate Baroque style buildings. I don't know. It just doesn't feel like the Germany I'm used to. No. And as we were walking around there, we said the same. There's a lot of lovely, pretty places in Germany. So this statement's going to be a bit out there for some people. I think Dresden is probably the most beautiful German city I've been to. Wow, that's a big statement. It's a big statement. You know, bear in mind, we've been to Munich, so we've been to Nuremberg, uh, I've been all over Germany, but Dresden yeah. really, really, really stands out as the most beautiful one for sure. Wow, that sounds fantastic. And now I want to go. Well, that's the idea of doing these podcasts, Michelle, is sharing some of our private uh, thoughts and views and experiences. Absolutely. Absolutely. So pretty much your weekend was like a walking tour of Dresden, picking out the highlights, looking around. Did you go to, were there any other things that you'd feel like you needed to pre-book in advance or can you just arrive there and just experience the city on foot? You can just arrive there and experience the city on foot. Absolutely. Um, and that's 
what we did, but we'd planned a little bit once, once we got there. We did, uh, it was more like when we'd done the Paris and the London uh, podcast, where we'd done a, a recce, a recon first. And that's what we felt like we were doing for Dresden, because we knew it was going to be nice, and we'd want to go back and spend more time there. But we wanted to cram as much as we could in on the, you know, we left at 10 o'clock on the Friday morning. So we weren't getting there until three, four o'clock on Friday afternoon. So we had Friday night, Saturday night, and had to leave again Sunday morning. So you literally had 48 hours in Dresden to do as much as possible. You can just turn up. You can walk around. If you want to get more into it, you've got to start booking ahead. But I'm going back again, so I didn't need to book ahead. It was wonderful. And Sunday morning when you're out, we went for a walk before we went to the Frauenkirchen, and you're sitting on the Mark Square, the Mark Platz, and there's just people out there having their breakfast, looking at, watching the world go by. It was just a really nice vibe, nice feel. And talking about nice vibes, nice feel. Saturday, was a, we had too much going on. Um, Tell me more. <laughs> yeah, we'd done a, a walking around and looking around. Then we had dinner at four o'clock. Four o'clock, that's early. Yeah, well, the opera was at 7.30. And we weren't sure how long the opera was going to be. Some of them can go on for four hours and you'll be starving. Yeah, it was three and a half. We got out of there at 10 o'clock at night or 10.30. So uh, it, was, it was a long time. So we had dinner first. And we found, or Ramona found, this amazing fish restaurant called Caston Myers. Right bang smack in the city centre again. Beautiful old building. And we had a, a wonderful meal. I had some lobster, some oysters. And Ramona just went for a surprise uh, fish platter. And it had three or four courses um, of fish coming out. Not that dessert was, wasn't fish, obviously, but everything else was fish related. And uh, it was absolutely gorgeous. Excellent food, excellent service, and really attentive, really nice, and not crazy expensive. I'm guessing we'll put the link to the restaurant in the show notes so everyone can share that experience. Definitely. And for the Indian, don't forget the Indian. That was a great experience as well. I can't believe you went all the way to East Germany to get the best Indian you've ever had. I know, it's mad. <laughs> I, I felt like I was going up north in England. It was, it was great. It was really good. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. So um, let's just talk about some practicalities, John. You drove there, so and it's inside of Germany, so no additional visas and things like that required. No. Let's talk about the cash versus card debate. It's uh, again, it's Germany, but they are very touristy up there. So everybody is speaking English, which I was really surprised at because in different times when I've been to East Germany, they weren't so English-speaking friendly. This place, mm. they were very, very English-speaking friendly. All the signs are in English and German, and but everybody, they take a card quite a bit, but always, as we say, have some cash because if you get some of them small little places down the nooks and crannies of them side streets, they might not take the credit card. And when you say cash, we're talking Euro cash now, aren't we? This is not a, a dollar city like Kaiserslautern. No, you've got to bring Euro. It's got to be Euro. Um, and they're very open. They, they want to see tourists. They want you there. They want, they want to see the Euros. If they can take card, they will. We found a little shop. We bought, bought some souvenirs. And next to it was like a, a German cookie, an East German cookie store. So we went in there and bought some bits. And they took card in there. So there are places that take card that you wouldn't expect. But always just be safe and have some euros on you. And what about safety? Did is it? Did you feel quite comfortable walking around there as tourists? It was absolutely safe. There was no problem whatsoever. Um, we felt good when you went into Neumarkt, where the Indian restaurant was, and you felt like you were a bit more in East Germany. Uh, there were people sitting on the side of the streets. There were people having a, a few beers on the side of the streets. There was the graffiti on the walls. You felt like it was a bit more East Germany. But everybody was laughing and joking. So even around that area, we felt safe. And that area is really cool. It's got lots of students around there. 
Um, it's a real friendly place and it's just a different experience, but don't be frightened of going there. It's a really nice place. People want you there. There's great restaurants, great bars, and there's a really nice buzz around that area as well. It sounds like it's probably a bit more edgy and like a more modern culture. That's exactly the way of putting it. It's a good way of putting it. It is a bit more edgy. It's a bit more real, I suppose, would be another word, because you don't feel it's real when you're looking at all these beautiful palaces in the centre of town. Mm. This is the Neumarkt is where the normal people live. Um, you know, if you're living in the city centre, you're going to have to have some money up there because it is just beautiful and stunning. Sounds lovely. And what about uh, with children? This sounds like it was a real sightseeing weekend. You you weren't looking for like museums and activities for kids this time, were you? No, but there was a, a lot of kids walking around. Um, that, that, yeah, there was stuff to do for the kids. We found uh, as we were walking down one of these little nooks and crannies, as I talk about one of the side streets, we went in a souvenir shop and there was loads of kids in there because there was an old Trabant. And if anyone knows what a Trabant is, it's a, a, an East German car that's made of fabric, not metal. And uh, the kids were jumping in and out of that and taking pictures. So there was stuff going on for children as well. So, yeah, don't leave the kids at home. If you've got the kids, bring them as well for sure. But make sure they've got their walking shoes on, right? Oh, yeah. Make sure they get walking shoes on. I wouldn't bring, as we did in Venice, we brought city rollers, as we talked about one time, but little scooters. It's all cobble streets around there. You're not going to get away with it. So it's walking shoes only. <laughs> Fantastic. Is there anything else we need to know before we go and book ourselves a trip to Dresden, John? I'm just trying to think. We had an action-packed action packed few days. Didn't feel like we had enough time, and that's why we're definitely going back. There's a, a lot of... Uh, ah, one thing we wanted to do, but we just didn't fit it in. There's walking tours, and they do walking tours every day in English um, near, one, near the Swinger Palace. Um, you can pick it up, your hotel or wherever, we can look at it online, we'll tell you where to meet. There were only about six or seven euros to do the walking tour. It was two hours in English. We wanted to do it, we just didn't fit the time in. So that is something that I want to do next time I go around because I don't know if you've ever done one of these walking tours. They fill you with loads of good, good information that some of the guides books, some of the stuff online won't be able to tell you. So that, like when we've done the hop on, hop off bus in London, as we laugh about quite a bit, it was a guide on there rather than the audio. So you're getting some of their personal insights. And that's why I like doing something like a walking tour. So next time I'll be doing that for sure. Yeah, that sounds like a great idea. And we can add the link to that in the show notes. And I think if you're not doing a hop on and hop off bus to orientate around your city, then a walking tour is another great way of getting a great overview of a city with some history. And then you can go off yourself and just explore the bits that interested you in particular, can't you? Yeah, definitely. And like I say, we had so much things booked with the dinners, the opera, and we had to leave again on Sunday. We just couldn't fit it in. But next time we go, the first thing we're going to look to do is the walking tour to, to get down those nooks and crannies, to find out some personal information that the locals see and do. Because that's who, who do these walking tours. It's locals. People have been there for years and years and years. And they'll give you their own personal experience, their own views, which I think is invaluable for something like that. I think it's the best way to find out about a city from the inside out. It's fantastic. One other point, we're coming up to, I mean, we're recording this in October. We are coming up to that wonderful time of year where Germany just shines, which is the Weinax Markt, the Christmas market. I have seen pictures of the Dresdener Christmas market and they are stunning. Well, do you think that's the time of year you'd like to go back again? Yeah, definitely. We've seen pictures and we spoke to some people uh, at the restaurants and the hotel and they reckon the Dresden Christmas market is is breathtaking. 
And I could only imagine it with the backdrop of the church, the Frau and uh, Kirscher and all the Neumark all around there. It, the, the backdrop would be amazing. And I'm sure with it being so east and close to Poland as well, there's going to be a, a, an east and a Polish influence with some of the Christmas market stuff, which would be, be very, very interesting. And probably snow as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's probably going to be a good chance of snow. Well, so if you want a picture postcard uh, Christmas market to send back home, then put Dresden on your list. Definitely. It's, uh, and you could get lots and lots of pictures for Facebook and Instagram, that's for sure. Brilliant. Okay, John, I think that's a great place to leave it. Thank you so much. I can't wait to go to Dresden now. No, no problem at all. I, I really enjoyed it. We're going back and uh, I've got loads of pictures. So uh, I'll send you some pictures. You can have a look as well. Fantastic. That's all from us this week, Explorers. See you next time. See you next time. Have fun when you explore. Dresden is situated in a valley on the River Elbe near the border with the Czech Republic. The city has experienced dramatic changes since the reunification of Germany in the early 1990s. It still bears many wounds from the controversial bombing raids of 1945, but it has undergone significant reconstruction and the buildings have been restored to their former glory. Dresden is once again a cultural, educational and political centre of Germany and Europe. I haven't yet visited Dresden myself, but after John's weekend recce and all of the insights that he shared, it's definitely at the top of my list. I've asked my good friend and sustainable living champion, Jen Gale, to share a sustainable travel tip. A small change we can all make to reduce our impact on the planet as we explore more of it. Take it away, Jen. Thanks, Michelle. And here's today's sustainable travel tip. Travel size bottles of toiletries are great for reducing the weight that you're carrying on holiday, but only if they're refillable. Many shops on the economy, such as DM or Rossman, will sell mini bottles that you can simply fill with your regular shampoo and shower gel and then refill ready for your next trip. And you might also find that your commissary sells these as well. If you'd like to get more sustainable tips from Jen, visit her website at www.asustainablelife.co.uk. It's packed full of resources and ideas for really simple steps we can all take to collectively make a big change. I believe the best travellers leave nothing behind but a good impression and take nothing away but great memories. Thank you for listening to Explore Europe. If you've enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends and leave us a review on iTunes. Thank you to the good guys at Used Car Guys for sponsoring today's episode. You can find them online at usedcarguys.net or on location at Kaiserslautern, Ramstein, Spangdalem and Wiesbaden. We'd love to hear from you, so tell us in the comment section where you'd like us to visit next. And let us know where you'll be exploring using the hashtag ExploreEurope on Twitter. See you next time, explorers. Explorers.